The first book of Timothy, chapter 6, verses 3 through 11. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greedness, and the root of all good is independence, or rather, authority over money. Love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Fight the good fight of faith, but you, O man of God, flee these things, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Patience is when a person endures all of the tribulations, suffers, and losses that fall on his way. It is worth paying attention that one of the components of the great mystery of godliness is expressed in correct behavior towards money. According to Scripture, godliness is true honoring of God expressed in zealous, desired, and rigorous fulfillment of His commandments, in which a person gives God that which he has but belongs to God by right. And when a person withholds or directs his tithes at his own discretion, then he, in this manner, rejects his faith and good conscience. Having faith in a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have, sh have suffered shipwreck. Their ship crashed, wrecked, and they drowned down to the bottom. Perhaps they continue to visit service, to go to church, but they do no longer honor God with tithes and offerings. They direct them somewhere completely different. This means that they, that their faith has endured shipwreck due to their ignorance and due to their resistance to the truth. And the reason why our faith is made dependent on our good conscience is comprised of the fact that the fruitful collaboration of our faith with the faith of God is called to function, flow, and be controlled not in the sphere of our emotions and feelings, but in the sphere of our spirit. And this means that the ship of our faith can endure contrary winds and storms of our fleshly desires under one condition. When our desires that are tied and excited by our feelings and emotions will be made dependent on our obedience to the commandments of God. Therefore, in a possible victory and possible loss and battle with the enemies of our faith and good conscience, behind which stands our flesh and the organized powers of darkness, we should never forget one immutable regularity, that shipwreck of our faith is the voluntary and mutual collaboration 
of our conscience with the enemies of our faith. Whereas victory over the enemies of our faith and our conscience is the voluntary and mutual collaboration of our faith with the faith of God expressed in our obedience to the words of God in the preached words of His messengers. The word messenger is apostle, pastor. Sometimes people uh, are weary of the word apostle. They accept the word messenger, but they don't accept the word apostle, not understanding that an apostle is a messenger. According to Strong's version, the word reject, because they rejected faith, applied in this given context, means to do something negative with regard to our faith and our good conscience, which is incessantly and continuously tied to actions such as in relation to our faith, it is tied to such actions to make a decision not for the benefit of a good conscience. A good conscience, it is found in the truth of the teaching of Christ, which we have laid or which we have accepted in our heart. And when a person goes against this truth in the heart, then he makes a decision not for the benefit of a good conscience. The next action is to replace the main thing with something secondary. This is important to understand that this secondary is not a sin when we fulfill it as something that is secondary. But when we replace what is primary with something that is secondary, then we reject our faith and our good conscience to carry on an unclean trade. This means to comfort and to talk with our conscience that the money that I earn is in fact my money and wherever I want to direct them I will at my own discretion at my own discretion where a scripture tells us that you cannot the tides that are found in your control but belong to me you can't give them where you desire and when you desire but only in that place where God dwells and where you receive the Word of God furthermore to sell the truth for something that does not satisfy sometimes we sell it for material goods, but material goods do not satisfy our spirit. Selling out to satisfy our lust. Selling out to satisfy our lust. To be sold because of cowardice and fear. Sometimes a person sells the truth due to his cowardice and fear. To not pay attention to the main thing. To push away because of impure jealousy. To push back because of envy to suspend due to resentment, to reject due to enrichment, and to oppose faith and a good conscience. Thus, the word reject is one of the characteristics of selfishness expressed in greed, stinginess, and seeking of one's own personal gain. It is very important for us to understand that those people that are not grateful in the little that they have you have clothes, you have something to eat and shelter over your head. We will be grateful to God for this. Soon, all of that which is found in this world is going to be devoured by fire. Apostle Paul says, and none of us will not take with us anything. Naked, we came into this world, and naked, we will leave it. To leave this world could be, all of a sudden, earthquakes, different kinds of catastrophes of the world. Sometimes 
hit people and they can't be protected and they end up on the other side of the river and all that they have is devoured, destroyed by fires, by, by tsunamis, and they remain with nothing. But if they have the word of God inside them, they're going to be the happiest people, the most content, the richest people. But in order for this word of God to be there, it is necessary to keep it and it is necessary to fulfill it, to observe it. And the main commandment that all the commandments are based on, that honor God, giving Him honor, His His worthy honor, is, as we know from Scripture, is a commandment of tithes and offerings. This is a commandment. Some people say we must voluntarily. Well, do we not? Do we not? Are we not called to fulfill commandments voluntarily? Is someone hitting us, uh, hitting us, and? forcing us to fulfill them no god does not favor people who fulfill his commandments under some kind of control or pressure he wants his commandments to be fulfilled voluntarily and therefore we together are going to honor right now god with tithes and offerings voluntarily giving to him that which is in our control but is his his hallowed his hallowness something that is hallowed unto him and in doing so we are going to testify and witness that we are hallowed unto god those that do not honor God or give God tithes and offerings, those that do not honor Him with their tithes and offerings, they say to God, I am not your tithe, I am not your first fruit, I am not your belonging, I myself control myself. People don't even understand that when they give their tithes and offerings, whoever they want to at their own description and how much they want, that in doing so they challenge God by saying, I am not your tithe. There was a time when emissaries of all different kinds of emissaries and people ran to these churches and they brought not only their tithes there, but they lended money that they did not have. I know people who for ten, twenty thousand dollars they lended in order to bring them to Benihin, to bring them to his course, the gathering that he held. This was, this was calamity for people they they thought that they will do this and god will bless them but this person was never a servant of the lord he never was a servant of the lord it is in no scripture he as yonkicho is based on signs and wonders they're not based on the word of god they do not give the word of god to people they are simply enticed by signs and wonders but false signs and wonders are comprised of the fact that they walk ahead of the truth but true signs and wonders always pursue the word the main wonder is that the word of god is what the word of god does in us it transforms us it prepares us it gives us hope it gives us the sworn promises and we begin to grow them and in order to grow them we need to remove all signs and wonders because in the death of the Lord Jesus, signs and wonders do not occur. And if we want to take off the old man with his works, there are not going to be any signs and wonders, great signs and wonders. Jesus said, you will not see any other sign than that God had given you John the ba- Jonah the prophet. Just as Jonah was in the well for three days, so will Christ be in hell for three days. For us as well, in order to take off the old man, it is necessary for us to rejoice in what the Holy Spirit gives us. He is not against blessing us, and He does bless us. But when we take off the old man with His works, 
we must understand that this is a trembling moment and it is going to occur thanks to the fact that we are going to honor God because we are not going to be able to take off the old man, this mammon, which mankind has clung themselves to and which leads lots of people. Let us stand together and honor God with tithes and offerings and sing a wonderful psalm together that worships the love of God, the love of, gro- of God.
I will gladly remind you that each time Israel had honored God with tithes and offerings, either in the tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon, they were called to, according to the words of Moses, to raise their hands over their offerings and at the same time to proclaim one unique proclamation that Moses had received as a revelation from God. We, being that same Israel, tied to that same root, drinking from the same olive tree, will do the same thing. Please raise your right hand, a symbol of your righteous act, over your offerings, and pray along with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I have separated the tithes from my home and brought them into your home, so that your home may have food. I did not give impurely, I did not give in sorrow, and I did not give for the dead. I rejoice that I have the privilege to express my love and to acknowledge your authority and according to your word I ask you right now may your heavenly windows be opened and may your blessings come down abundantly upon your redeemed nation in the name of Jesus Christ Amen Amen May the Lord bless you You may be seated